Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Busted Open Podcast. Today, the return of the Hall of Fame and pain with myself, Bully Ray, and the world's strongest man, my brother from another mother, Mark Henry. And it's been a hell of a week here on Busted Open. We've talked about so much stuff, me and Tommy, me and Dave, but today we get Mark's takes on a variety of different topics. Right off the bat, this whole Pat McAfee Adam Cole situation. Work, shoot, shoot, work. I don't know. Want to hear what Mark has to say about it. I know Mark also feels strong about a lot of things that are going on in NXT right now, especially Keith Lee. Want to hear his thoughts on Keith Lee, Dijakovic, and Karrion Cross. Randy Orton in the big show. Is this the last we're going to see in the big show? We'll see what Mark has to think. Big topic this week, Chris Jericho. Heel, babyface, too big of an entertainer to decide. Mark gives his take we got so much to cover. It's going to be fun. It always is with Mark Henry and Bully Ray. Turn it up. The Busted Open Podcast coming at you right now. Yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, he was interviewed interviewing Adam Cole. And I, I think things got a little heated. Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe Pat pissed off. Adam Cole a little bit. Maybe Adam Cole was having a bad day. Maybe Dr. Britt Baker, uh, you know, is getting on his nerves, wheeling herself around in a wheelchair. Who knows? But, hey, Guns, I know we got the audio from what happened on the Pat McAfee show. Let's go ahead and play it. That of all people to say that I surrounded myself with really great talent, and that's the reason I succeeded. Of all people, you, what a punter. Whoa. You being on a team that literally did everything. You just happen to kick a football every now and then, and all of a sudden you feel like you're really, really important. Of all people to say that to me, that I surround myself with super talented people, and that's the only reason that I was successful. Whoa, you're a psycho. Whoa. We didn't say Jesus. only reason. Uh-oh. We said it's main reason. Main, okay, okay. Main reason. That's and, exactly what you're saying. And since you just kind of took a little jab there at my profession, but that have I used you been to have. taking jabs at me this whole show? <laughs> no. 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 I was the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. And guess who did that all by themselves? Oh, that's right, me. Did it all by myself. No, don't believe that. We've watched the takeovers, Adam. The Undisputed Era is the main reason why you've succeeded. But by the way, smart. That's good business. Hey, 
That's business, That's baby. Business. That's very yeah. smart. Yeah. Well, and especially for you, because, you know, you're kind of small. <laughs> oh, we're going to go with the size thing now. What the f*** you, Pat? Oh. Seriously, I'm sick of your shit. I come the whole way here, take time away from my family to come to do your stupid f show. And you're going to continue to disrespect me. Don't touch me. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Listen, okay. That Pat McAfee was not out of line. He was saying that he was the Bobby the Brain Heenan, that he orchestrated things. When Pat brought the size into the matter because his ego was bruised, when he said, you're a punter. Now, if you're going to say who took the first stab, it was Adam Cole. He took the first stab. I didn't think that Pat saying that you did things smart. I didn't think that Pat saying that it was the main reason because if you want to if you want to really put it out there, how many wins did Adam get because he had two other guys running interference? Couple. Uh, yeah, a, a few. But that was their jobs. The, 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 you, you think the Freebirds didn't, didn't, didn't use each other? You think the New Day didn't use each other? I think that Adam was sensitive. And then the Coupe de Grassi, as Bugs Bunny would say, <laughs> is, is Pat McAfee said, oh, so we bitch slapping each other now? Well, how about this? You're on the small side. You have to do that, which is smart. Now you got to fight. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I Listen, I never was an instigator. I never was the guy in the locker room that stirred the shit. But I know some people that did. I never stopped them from doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, Pat McAfee is one of those guys. I mean, Mark, we saw him play in the NFL. He had some swagger. That guy liked to have a good time. And Lord knows he'll say what's on, you know, the tip of his tongue and the top of his mind. He's got his own show. He's smart. Yeah, he's definitely smart. And I don't know, depending on if you're a Pat McAfee fan or if you're an Adam Cole fan, I think different people are going to take this different ways as to who fired the first shot and was, you know, sometimes Pat can come off with a little bit of a chip also. Yeah, I you know, mean, he, but he was, the, he was the player of the decade in which he was doing his thing when he was at, in his prime. He was elite. His position. And he pointed that out to Adam Cole because Adam was like, you know, you were a punter. What did you ever do? You know, so that's when you get a smart guy. Imagine saying, calling Dusty Rhodes fat. Sacrilege. Boy, if you called Dusty Rhodes fat, he would assassinate your career. You couldn't work at a bingo hall in Poughkeepsie when he got through browbeating you. Pat McAfee has those kind of abilities. He'll do it slight of tongue, if you will. He's slick. You can't just go on with somebody that can really go verbally and not expect for what happened to happen. Pat started pushing his buttons then. So, so based on what you heard, 
If those two would have gotten to a fight right then and there, whose ass do you want to see get kicked? Oh, shit. Uh, well, they both started stabbing each other. So I, I, Adam Cole was the heel because he started it. And I love Adam Cole. This is not a disrespect or a slap in the face of Adam Cole. I'm calling spade for spade. He was the one that said, of all people to try to poke at somebody, you were a punter. He was the one that stabbed first. So he's the heel. Who throws the first punch is usually who? The baby face. Stop and then lying, he, and then, you dirty <laughs> heel, you. You dirty heel. Do not turn the narrative, sir. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm calling Dave. I'll call Dave. <laughs> Dave's in a U-Haul right now, <laughs> yeah. driving a box, driving a box truck with everything that Violetta loaded into it because she Dave, wanted to do the do move it, herself. Do it, do it, bully. You have the voice. Do it, <laughs> David. Dave. Get behind the U-Haul and start driving. You take everything from this house to that house. Okay. Don't don't worry about the show. Okay. Strongman, David, can you hear me? It's very long. Uh, yes, well, sometimes. It depends. <laughs> it's only when, I, only it's when you have blue Disturbingly pill. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark, let me, I got to ask you the question because it's what everybody has been asking. Do you think that there's any chance that Pat McAfee and Adam Cole maybe went into business for themselves and maybe uh, this is part of a bigger picture scheme thingy? Or do you think that Adam Cole got pissed off, threw down the microphone and wanted to punch Adam, uh, Pat McAfee in the face? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you from my wrestling experience, usually the best Things come from reality. And I think if it's not, it will be. It should be. But I don't think it is. It, this is not a work. This is real shit that's going to have to be turned into business. Because it's too good not to. It's too right. good, bully. Here we are <clears throat> with all the stuff that happened for a week in pro wrestling, pay-per-views, great matches, great drama. And we're talking about a verbal disagreement on a show. Good stuff. It was really, really, it was real. And that's why we're talking about it. The experts of MLB Network Radio. Watch how you're landing if you're pitching. You're not in line. So now you're losing power. You're losing strength. Ryan Spielborgs. You're going to have arm side run. You're not going to be as accurate. You're going to lose power. You're going to lose velocity. That's where we're at. It's no longer a field. Now we can actually take data from force plates that can show you you're costing yourself energy. Baseball talk at the next level. MLB Network Radio. Sirius 209, XM 89, and on the Sirius XM app. But one of the things that I want to get into now is something that you're very passionate about. Uh, at the end of NXT this past Wednesday, 
We, we got a pretty physical match between Karrion Cross and Dominic Dijakovic. Cross was just beating the piss out of uh, Dijakovic, just giving him those forearms straight to the face. Down came easily, and um, you, you, said, you said it, uh, that they kind of painted that picture that reminded you of Rocky IV. What did you think of the match? What did you think of Keith Lee coming down there? What did you think of the whole thing? Did it, did, did it resonate with you? Would you have liked to see him to do anything different? Talk to me about that final segment of NXT, Mark. You know what? I, I, I really enjoyed the match. I really enjoyed the match. They both showed athleticism. They both showed resolve. They both showed toughness uh, because they ate a few. I saw uh, uh, Karen Cross's mouth get bloody. I saw Dajakovic take some bumps to the floor that were uh, pay-per-view-esque type bumps. Um, and then the emotional build of Drago hitting Apollo over and over and over. And they're saying, throw the towel in. But it was too late to throw the towel in. Apollo died on his shield. Keith Lee came out at the point of Dijakovic getting bludgeoned. It wasn't the the the, the forms that he was that he was hitting him with were. Hey man, I'm tough. I can take it. Give it. And now you have Keith Lee, his guy, his buddy, his friend, his comrade, come out and go, man, just, you got him. Just finish him. Don't punish him. Stop it. And that emotion that Keith Lee gave, which I feel like I could have shed a tear in that moment. I would have loved to seen a tear come down Keith's face. But maybe I'm, I'm just asking for too much. Maybe I'm just asking for too much. But I do think this. That was one of those things that is going to have Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee are going to revisit down the road. Whether it's, hey, man, why didn't you come in and help me? Or it's thank you for being there for me in a time where I needed somebody. Either way, it was it was really important. Mark, you said he might that that Keith Lee might tell Dijakovic. I'm sorry, Dijakovic might say, "How come you didn't come in and help him?" If that was you, would you have gotten in that ring to help him? E yes, I would have. Even if it was to pull him out, I, I, I wouldn't. But Dijakovic was telling him, "No, don't do it." So what do you do if a Let guy that you respect this. is telling you, no, don't do it, but you know the right thing to do is get in the ring and <clears> save <throat> his ass? Well, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of entertainment and the entertainment of pro wrestling is where I talk about balance. And we talked about this earlier. We're going to get to that in the second hour of the show. You, you need balance, and that's what that angle did. It created a point that you can actually dictate what's going to happen in the future and you're not worried about right now. That's what I want to see more of in pro wrestling on all brands. Don't go straight 
balls to the wall every time because you're going to tap out eventually. You're going to sputter. You're going to lose steam. And I don't want anybody to lose steam. You have given the opinion or you are of the opinion that Keith Lee has been a little bit too laid back. He needs to have that anger, that angst. He needs to have emotion. He needs to have that emotion. He needs somebody to bring it out of him. Do you think that this situation with Karrion Cross bludgeoning a man that Keith Lee respects and his friend is that thing that is going to bring the fire out of Keith Lee? Are we going to get nice Keith Lee pushed to the side? And are we going to get bad mother trucker Keith Lee heading to the forefront? Please tell me. I, I, unfortunately, for, for telling a wrestling story, when you watch Rocky, what happens to Rocky the first time he fights? Does the job. He loses. And I think that's going to be more the same. I think that Keith Lee is going to go into this fired up and wanting to fight or, or wanting to wrestle Karrion Cross, and it's not going to work out. And then you got the training montage. Now you got, Keith, you got Dominic Dajakovic going, hey, man, you can beat him. You just have to not wrestle him. You've got to fight him. And now you see Keith Lee, the fighter, come out. The emotional, the crying, the overly aggressive Keith Lee, the I'm going to take all chances Keith Lee. And now... People who are watching the NXT pay-per-view, they're not watching the Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views. <laughs> they they, they want to see what Keith Lee... You want to build the star? Start with the, the foil, which they've done. Karen Cross is being built. He's a monster. He reminds me of Kane when Kane first came about. You got to keep building that. Then you throw Keith Lee to him in a fight. The top teams in the NBA are in Orlando to finish the NBA season. Who will push for the final playoff spot? Look out below, baby! Look out below! Which star will secure their legacy with a title? That's good! Knockout punch by LeBron James! Your 24-7 home for the return of hoops is NBA Radio, Series 207, XM86. And at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. Wow. Mark, obviously you're tight with show. You've been in the ring with him a million times. I think you guys broke the ring once or twice. Uh, <laughs> Randy is in his zone right now. I was on uh, the uh, the bump this past Wednesday, and they asked me about Randy, and I said, Randy's the top of the food chain, and he doesn't even need a championship around his waist to prove that. Uh, what did you think of the match? Uh, do you think it's Big Show's last match? How do you think the WWE has utilized Big Show in this uh, situation with Randy? You know, I think they did a hell of a job uh, putting Big Show in a situation where he is – Talking to the main, he's with the main event guy in the business from a work standpoint. You, you would have thought, okay, Big Show comes in. He's uh, kind of middle of the road matches. And then all of a sudden, 
you put him in there face to face with Randy Orton, Ric Flair, and Randy turns it and goes, listen, um, I will punch you in the head too, just like I've punted every other legend. And shows like, <laughs> okay, that means you got to get close enough to me to punt me. That match ended up being the best. I mean, there's, there's been a few. There's been a few really stellar matches. You know, I, I can go back to watching um, Daniel Bryan and uh, AJ Styles match, or you can go look up the the match that that. Um, uh, God, why is his name drawing a blank? Uh, uh, Timothy Thatcher and 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 the original bro, Matt Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, the the Randy and Big Show match had more layers to it than those matches. They had more gear changes. They had death-defying feats. You know, you Big Show going to the top and missing. I mean, it's just like, I, man, it was an unbelievable match that was not a pay-per-view. You don't see matches like that on regular television. And the drama that build and build and build to the finish. And Randy, his indecisiveness made it even more special because you see him conflicted. Like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. I shouldn't do this. But... Damn it, bam, and he does it. The layers of finishes, he hit Big Show with the finish. Big Show kicked out of the finish. How often do you see somebody kick out of RKO? You know. Not very often. I, I think maybe twice I've seen it. And this was on regular television? Hell of a match, y'all. Hell of a match. And, and, and even the referee, I'm, I'm so hypercritical about referees going and checking on people. Are you okay? You're in a damn wrestling match. Move. Amen. You have a referee coming in and, and checking to see, raising the arm. I mean, like, if that's the finish, then do it. But if it's not, don't do it. They, there was, you didn't even know a referee was in that match. Tell me a point where you saw the referee. I'll wait. You didn't because the two guys were so dominant. They was like, get the F out of the way. Let us do our work. It was solid, solid match. And if you had a panel of the top 10 greatest wrestlers of all time that's still living, sitting at a table and discussing that match, there were no holes to poke in it. It's like the movie where, oh, there was a, there was a knife on the table. You, there were no holes in that match. How often can you say that? And that's the brilliance of Big Show and Randy, but it's also the talent. And if there was something that was a glaring point, the focal point was so on them that you didn't see it. Hell of a match. Mark, when, when we talk about Randy Orton, I mean, 
it's impossible. You said poke holes. It's impossible to poke holes in any aspect of Randy Orton as a wrestler, as a speaker, as a performer, wrestler, entertainer, yada, yada. Mark, how old is a man when he truly comes into his physical, when he's at his physical best, strength, speed? When does a man truly come into that in his life? About 31, 32. You get that and grown it, man strength. Is what we and call. it lasts until about what age? And you you don't carry the strength until you're about 38, 40. Okay. And then the, the, the strength starts to diminish. Randy Orton is 40 years old. He's been in the business all his life. His brain has become a sponge with the knowledge that he's gotten, obviously, from his dad coming up in the WWE system, being in the ring with some of the best, being uh, produced by some of the best. Uh, He's fast. He's strong. He's smart. There's a lot of talk about that out here about how pro wrestling is now a younger man and woman's game. I call bullshit. I think Randy Orton is a throwback to what wrestlers used to be, coming into their own and becoming true masters of the craft at 40 years old. I think because Randy has been smart with his career, I think Randy from 40 to 50 with the right stories and the right people across from him is going to have an off-the-charts career. He's going to go from, at some point, he's going to go from being the legend killer to the youth killer. He's going to go to the new guy killer. He's going to go to the the future, the the potential killer. It's something to that effect, and and it's going to happen. Because Father Time is undefeated, he's going to need a change of a venue at some point. But I look at Randy, and and you said that um, you you said that 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 Randy is a throwback to uh, an older style of wrestler. I would go so far as to say Randy is going to be closer to a Bruno San Martino. Uh, 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 a Danny Hodge, uh, a guy like Luthez, a guy like Harley Race, and the comparisons to his work and his work rate and his history, as opposed to being uh, a Hulk Hogan, a Ric Flair, a Stone Cold Steve Austin, a Rock. He's gonna—he's a different guy. He could do it all, but when you you look at the matches and the people that he wrestled in his life. He's come out on he's come out as a winner. Hogan, Flair, Cena, like the elite of the elite, he he's beat. Shawn Michaels? Go down the list. They've got all got kicked in the head. Me? I mean, we shared, we went back and forth. But he won more than he lost. <laughs> When you were in there with Randy, did you you you, you guys were, were laying it in, huh? Shit, I was like, you hit me as hard as you want to, because I, I'm I'm not gonna hit you in the kidney. I'm gonna hit you as hard as I can hit you at times. Just sell. Were you ever 
I don't want, I know you were never intimidated physically. Were you ever intimidated mentally because Randy Orton is just so great psychologically in the ring? No. The only person that I was ever like uh, nervous being in the ring with uh, was the first time that I wrestled Triple H. And Paul had a, a reputation of playing and joking and stuff like that. Um, and I brought that to his attention. I was like, man, listen, uh, I know you can make a fool out of me playing around and stuff. Uh, I, don't, I don't want that in the match. And he was like, listen, there's nothing that I respect more on this planet than what happens in that ring. I don't joke around or play in there unless somebody else brings it up. So if, if you don't want to play ha-ha, we will not play ha-ha. It's going to be serious. Let's go. And I was like, shit, let's go. That's the only time that it ever came up in my career. One time. We, we've, I've talked about on the show with Dave and you a couple of times, and this is probably going back about a year. I always said Randy needed the right guy across from him. And until Randy gets the right guy, we're never going to see the best of Randy. And then lo and behold, we get Edge returning at the Royal Rumble. And obviously, Edge was the right guy because we got some great matches from them. Maybe we'll get a third. Who knows? Hopefully. I think fans would love to see it. Um, now that Edge is gone, we've put show in this position. I think show got the job done. But after the big show, I'm not quite sure who the right guy is. If I'm reading the tea leaves and the writing on the wall, I can see the next step for Randy Orton being Drew McIntyre. First question, would you like to see Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre? I would, because I know that Drew is passionate about doing the work. And when I say doing the work, I mean, this is going to, you know, him and Edge had what, what the match they had was, what, 30 minutes? That's, that's okay. what I see. They're workhorses. They can go. And I'm all for it. Anytime you have a match that, you know, has so many layers to it and you need guys that can actually perform and work at that level, Drew may be one of the few. Drew, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, you know, it's, it's only about five or six guys that can get in there and go toe-to-toe, mat-for-mat, spot-for-spot, hold-for-hold to Randy Orton and, and, and promo for promo. I agree with you. I want to see Randy versus Drew. Uh, the only problem is I want to see Randy win. Hmm. I'm more emotionally invested in how great of a job Randy is doing right now than I am Drew. And Drew is doing a great job also. But I don't know. There's just something about Randy right now where I'd like to see him get his, what would it be now, his 14th championship? I might be off by a number, but whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, don't, his umpteenth don't championship? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would keep him apart. You got SummerSlam right around the corner. I know, but like, man, 
Who's who's who? Who do they have for Drew? And who do they have for Randy? The two biggest names on Raw. Yeah, I guess it's hard to avoid, but you know, I I, I don't know. I I really don't. I mean, it's you start speculating. It's it's easy to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks, but. Uh, I want it to be sound. And I want it to be what we want it to be. And if it's not Randy and Drew in an angle that's uh, a battle of who is the who is the best guy in the company, then I don't know if I want it. It's got to be the battle of the best. I will say this. If Drew was able to get the one, two, three or tap Randy out, that would be a hell of a feather in his cap. A hell of a wow. title defense, a hell of a, vi- a victory to say that he beat Randy Orton. Yeah, not many people uh, are walking around that can say that. and That they got that notch in that belt, yep. Yeah, man, that's, that's heavy duty. And now Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio's resident golf historian, Dave Marr, with a PGA Championship memory. 2019 PGA Championship was historic. With its new date in May, defending champion Brooks Kepka claimed his first springtime major to become the only player in history to hold two successful title defenses at the same time, a pair of U.S. Opens and a pair of PGAs. PGA Championship Week is on Sirius 208 XM92 and on your Sirius XM app. To the conversation, Chris Jericho. I know you want to talk about Chris Jericho. Heel, babyface, entertainer, what is he in your eyes? Because I know you like the conversation (sighs) with me and Dreamer. Uh, Chris is a heel to his heart. Uh, Work-wise, he's a heel. Uh, He can do a lot of things that people like that can come across as a babyface. Uh, he can entertain like nobody else in wrestling. The Rock is the only person I think that's been uh, a greater entertainer than than Chris Jericho. Like when you start saying this guy entertains, like they're they're funny, they're glib, they're smart, they sing, they dance, they they can do everything, they act. There's no weakness. There's none. But. At his heart, Chris Jericho is a heel, and I'll explain. Um, Chris Jericho, when there's times when he can do something really cool, he won't do it because he wants people to dislike him. He takes away the greatest thing from an opponent. We're not doing your cool thing. You're not doing your cool thing against me but I want you to try to do it like three times and I'm gonna take it away every time. And they're gonna hate me for you not being able to do your cool thing. I watched him have a match one time with Evan Bourne on a house show. Every time Chris got Evan down, he would, he would miss a, uh, the moon lion salt and be set itself up for Evan to go to the top to do his 740 or whatever the hell this twisting whirling dervish that he used to do and Chris would stagger to the ropes hit the ropes and he would fall tumble and Chris would be get heat on him again then Chris would get him in the walls he would he was the first guy ever seen to do the roll flip and put Chris down do a drop kick a standing salt and then go up to do it again 
but he's so withered that he can't do it. And he finally gets to where he's on the top and he gets ready to do it. And Chris jumps up again and builds him off the top. I mean, it was just like he, he is excellence. People don't realize the psychology that Chris uses to get his heat. It's not based off being big. It's not based off being strong. It's not based off being like just being skilled. It is smart, highbrow, intellectual heat. It's it's his superpower. And Chris is going to be pissed at me right now for divulging this information. Because he don't want other people to know how that's done. But I'm sorry, Chris. You taking away everybody's weapons is what makes him a heel. And he is a heel. But he just happens to be the greatest entertainer. The dude is in a rock band. So wait a minute. He's a comedian. He's a heel and he's the greatest entertainer. So how do you truly hate him? You you hate him when you get in when when you're a fan you're sitting there watching your hero wrestle him, and your hero can't get none of his shit in. <laughs> that's, that's how he's a heel. He's okay. smart enough to not allow you to 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 like him. He how won't many let times you like him. You you compared Chris Jericho to The Rock, and I, and and okay, fine, I'll let you have that comparison. The Rock was such a great entertainer that when he was playing the heel, how often did you want to see Rocky get punched in the face? Never. Who would you rather see get punched dead in the face, Chris Jericho or MJF? Oh, MJF. Why? Because he's a dick. Do you ever say he picks on fat people? I know it's horrible what he says about Tommy. Man, he's yeah. He got to stop talking bad about Tommy. He says something about this this uh, this this handicapped guy, and I shoot. Started looking for flights. (laughs) He had me wanting to go whoop his ass. He's so there's nothing that's untouchable to him, and I, I. I'm I'm begging him to stop challenging people. Hey, you know what gym I work out in? If you want it, come see me. And I'm like, don't do that because there are some guys that will take you up on it. Like, he just has no limit to his mouth. My point is, no matter what he's doing, whether he's on television, whether he's on social media, whether it's in real person, you're getting MJF 24-7. He's a dick. He's an asshole. And you want to see him get punched in the face. Case in point, Mark. I don't know if you heard this yesterday. What was the kid's name that MJF was in the ring with on Wednesday? I can't remember his name. His name was Griff Garrison. You know how I know that? Griff Garrison. Okay. I know that because MJF is such a dick that he made me remember Griff Garrison's name. I don't know who Griff Garrison is. He's probably crossed crossed my paths once or twice. I, I have no reason to remember him. No reason to remember his name. He's a young boy in the business who is not on my radar. I'm not. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean that in a way if I see. A million people. But all of a sudden, 
I know who Griff Garrison is. Was it because Griff Garrison got himself over in my eyes and made me know his name? No. It's because MJF was such a douche nozzle to Griff Garrison that I wanted to see an absolute nobody punch MJF in the face. Hmm. I don't feel the same way when I see Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. Hmm. Okay. And so this is where my 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 opinion, my part of the discussion comes in where I'm like, I understand your point, Tommy's point. When Chris is playing the heel, he is awesome at it. Get does a great job, helps get hmm. the other baby face over. But when we look at heels in the most traditional sense, which I do. I like to look at my heels in a very traditional sense. I don't get that from Chris because he's too damn entertaining. Also, Chris is not playing. When I when I wrestled Chris, Chris knew my triggers because we had talked about this maybe a year before. And in the middle of a match, he called me stupid. And I went after him. And he was smart. He ran. Because if I had got him, I was going to hurt him. And then he was like, what's your problem? And we, I cooled down. We continued to work. Chris is not afraid to punch you in the mouth. He need me in the face as hard as anybody's ever need me in the face. And you can ask other wrestlers, uh, for a guy that, you know, is uh, very, I don't want to say effeminate, but if you ever seen Chris Jericho sit comfortably, he crosses his <laughs> legs and he, he dangles, he does this with his leg. You wouldn't think that that guy will kick your ass. And there's been some guys, he's had some scrapes behind the scenes with some guys that thought they could fight until they got in there with Chris Jericho because he, he will does, beat your ass. He does the condescending leg hang. Jericho does it. Christian does it. Kevin Nash does it. It's, it's that very condescending crossing of the legs you very slowly. It. I just that, hate it. I don't it know what it is. <laughs> I just hate it. It just reeks of, I'm better than you. I'm better. It's regal, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.